welcome to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur show. Today on the show, Bob is speaking with Judy Fox. If you go to some really big creators on a different platform, sometimes you have to go back to their origins and many, many times they went all in on one thing, whether that be live streaming or a podcast or Twitter any platform, if if you truly go all in, your audience sees you there, feels you there, and you can build from there. And the best advice I ever got was, hey, if you're already building someplace, keep going. Hi there, my name is Bob Gentle and welcome back to the Personal Brand Entrepreneur Show, where every week I speak with incredible people who share what makes their business work. If you're new to the show, then while you still have the device in your hand, hit the subscribe button. That way you won't miss a single episode. And if you're a regular listener, consider sharing this show with one person. It's the very best way you can help the show grow and to help me reach more people. Now, of all the social media platforms I'm on, and that, dear people, is all of them, except BeLive. The one which consistently drives the most opportunity for me is also the one that I've put the least effort into, and that's LinkedIn. And over the last few months, this has been the source of a bit of soul searching. LinkedIn, I feel, just deserves better from me. But LinkedIn is a a feature-rich, attention-sucking monster. And like most social platforms, it just can really take your time. So joining me with this week to cut through the noise is the crown princess of the platform, Judy Fox. Judy, welcome to the show. Oh, I love that. The crown princess of the platform. Thank you for that introduction. I couldn't get in a fox pun. I had one in the next part that I was going to read. Sorry, guys, I do read my introductions, but it didn't work. I could. I have a squirrel in it, though. Do you want to hear it? Yes. So, Judy, I have a lot of questions, but before I go running off like a conversational squirrel for the fox to chase, for the listener who's meeting you for the first time, can you tell us about who you are, where you are, and the kind of work you do? Oh, conversational squirrel for the fox to chase. That was perfect. We have to give that a moment. (laughs) This is all the preparation I do, just so everybody knows that. That is perfect. I will just start by saying my background is in engineering. I actually got started in my career in the environmental space and manufacturing. I worked at open pit gypsum mines and... I have been in the oil and gas industry, so there's a lot of technical behind the scenes that I have done. And what I would say is the very first time I got on LinkedIn was because of the 2008-2009 crisis. And it's always interesting because from that very moment, there was a shift in realizing that platforms like LinkedIn are different than other social media. Yes, LinkedIn, can you can post, you can network. It's really important to stay just long-term connected with the people you work with because they will make the biggest difference 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Somebody you met at the beginning of your career could impact your career 25 years later. So I think this is where I want to start because... For most people, if I say, are you on LinkedIn? The answer is, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. And what they mean by that is I have a profile and occasionally I connect with people. That doesn't necessarily lead to a network and deep long-term relationships. So from your perspective, what does this relationship building element of LinkedIn look like? 
how do you sustain that over many years? How do you remain top of mind? Because simply being there with a profile is not going to cut it. Yeah, I love sustaining that for many years because that is what I got my master's degree in, which is sustainability. And thinking through that mindset, it's all about, I like the term radical ownership. This is a tool for us to own our digital footprint. And this is a digital footprint. This is a website. This is a, you can turn the LinkedIn kind of machine on for and pull all the levers that you want to pull to make it do the things you want it to do. So for example, you can turn it all the way on, all the buttons, all the features to drive traffic to a course, to your website, to your email, to whatever you desire. That's the beauty of LinkedIn is being able to build out this live action resume, which is your web. It's like it creates almost a website now just with all the features LinkedIn's giving us. And now we can create content in a way that is so interactive that people will convert and work and not just convert in the sense of financial, but just relationships and discussion and keeping the conversation going after a conference or after a podcast that you listen to. It really works in all these spaces on LinkedIn. So in order to achieve that visibility, I'll tell you a story. Okay. So I have been on LinkedIn since like ridiculously early. I can't remember when. It was 2000 or something like that. It was pretty much a year or two after they started. And I thought, this is a crazy thing. But somebody said, set up a profile. So I set up a profile. And 20 years ago, I worked in, a, in an oil and gas company and I was their in-house marketing guy. And a guy came to visit from Venezuela and he was similar age to me. We were both ridiculously junior and we kind of liked each other. We never really kept in touch, but we connected on LinkedIn. And fast forward, shimmer, all the sound effects. 20 years later, I got a message completely out of the blue. Hey, Bob, I've got this thing. I think you're the only person in the world that can help me. Now, he's one of my biggest clients. Now, what triggered him was the video content that I'd been posting. If I hadn't been posting anything, I would have remained forgotten. And I think this is the thing for a lot of people that they might be connected, but connections fade over time. And it's the content that allows you to continue that relationship. And I remember speaking to, do you know Gavin Bell? Maybe Off not. Off the top of my head, no. I, I think you know him if you saw him. Okay. But, I remember he talked about video marketing as building relationships at scale. Mm -hmm. I am struggling to get to the actual question. If you knew me, you'll understand. This is normal for me. Most people's LinkedIn content is not going to make them memorable. It's not going to jump out in the feed and say, oh, that's Jimmy. And this is, I think, the thing that's missing. So how do you move people from the kind of social media posts that simply get lost in the noise into the space where they create the kind of social posts that continue to keep you front of mind? I really love this question because it's, it's layered and a lot of strong opinions that I have. <laughs> so the first part is acknowledging that power of you never know how the dots are going to connect in the future. So go out and build those dots and touch points that you just mentioned. Go 
the posting, the videos that you mentioned connecting you with somebody from your past. And yeah, there's so many stories. I, I have to think of one, but what I'll say at the be what you just mentioned, which is how do you how do you create that memorability and what I would call a relatability or I guess what I would say is we have control over the words we choose and the consistency that we can show up with. And the word consistent has, to me, always been used incorrectly. So many people link consistency on a platform with, I post every Tuesday at 9 a.m. And to me, that's not what is being consistent. What is being consistent is, I have a certain style, I have a certain pattern, I have a certain brand message, I have a signature line that everyone remembers, I have a sense of humor that people remember. So what I tell every single person to do is create a list of the five words you would like to use consistently for people to describe you, people to... um, for you to kind of hold high in your mindset around your content. For example, I, one of my words is ready to take action. So if I, if you see me give a presentation, one of my last slides at every single presentation, and I have been holding this phrasing consistently and I'll say, is everyone ready for fast action traction? And that way it's a trigger. And I've been doing it for five years now. And that has started to grow this energy that I will have people come into my direct message and say, I love the fast action traction. Thank you for organizing the action steps I need to take. And that is memorable and that is consistent, not that it got posted a certain date and time. So did I answer your question? (laughs) Well, partially, yes. Okay. Um, um I think I was too busy listening to the answer to really check off my oh, um, good. <laughs> my list. It was a great answer. I think the consistency, and I think more importantly, I think what you were talking about there was being known for a thing. You know what I'm going to ask about? Because I think this is actually the thing for a lot of people. A lot of people worry about what people will think of them. And so they never really post anything that could really express any personality because they're worried about people rejecting their personality. And this is when I when I look at you. And one of the things I talk about often is the importance of role models. Now, if anybody's listening and they haven't experienced Judy on LinkedIn, she's not what you would expect. Judy wears, I don't, they are fake fox ears. They're not real fox ears. No, they're not real. <laughs> so Judy Fox will wear fox ears in most pictures that you'll see of her. This is not business LinkedIn. This is Judy Fox having fun on LinkedIn being taken seriously and having a thriving, successful business as a result of being recognizably courageous. This is what's missing a lot of the time is not people not being willing to put their hand up and say, you know what, this is me and I enjoy me and it's all right. So I will share if I can jump in. The, oh, please do. One of the very first speaking events that I went to and I I will tell people that I've hired coaches along the way, uh, either communication coaches, uh, business coach. You know, we all need the advice. We're too close to our own choices sometimes that sometimes we do want a trusted person to look 
from the external and say, here's what I'm seeing, here's what's going on, or just to kind of what you mentioned, that piece of uncertainty and how are people going to view me, going from engineering and that mindset of boundaries and this idea of what is professional and what is not professional, just based on working in the oil and gas industry, being in very male-dominated fields as a as a woman, trying to navigate all of that, I immediately hired somebody that was a communications coach that also seemed to match the spirit and energy that I was attracted to. And she really was a huge part of giving me that extra moment of, hey, you know, I would send her a video and I'd be like, I want to post this, but I don't see anyone else on LinkedIn posting stuff like this. And I'm working for an engineering company at that exact moment. But at the same time, it's what launched my visibility and the creativity that I have around communicating complex topics. And I love that. So the only other thing I'll say about this story is early on when I started speaking in person at events, and I wore my fox ears on stage, and I had a lot of back and forth trying to decide, I'm talking about LinkedIn on stage at a conference to professionals, (laughs) and I got one person, and we forget that sometimes the one person, but one person said, hey... I don't think you should do that. I think X, Y, Z. And in many, many ways, I'm grateful I had that conversation because it caused me to say, actually, I'm going to double down on it because I just got a hundred people saying, we love this. You're recognizable in every single picture, every single thing. I know who to tag. I know who you are at every single conference. And it got me more conferences and more podcasts and more events And that one person saying that to me was one person out of now thousands who have said the opposite. I think something that springs to mind as you're speaking is Mike Michalowicz in his new book, Get Different. Uh He speaks about everybody's busy trying to out-same each other. That everybody's marketing strategy is, I want to do the same, but I want to do it better. But the problem is a better version of the same, it never stands out. But if you actually look at, well, what does make you uniquely different from everybody else? It's not the same. It's a point of difference. And leaning into that is your only real route to getting noticed in a meaningful way. And I think you've done that really Yeah, And I want to point one more piece out of the puzzle is I didn't want to be gimmicky to just be gimmicky and put on something that wasn't really me. Like I really wanted to settle into and think very thoughtfully about would I have done this if nobody was watching? And the true answer is yes. I've always been the person to tell my kid we're going to Target and I'm wearing a really crazy outfit. I'm the kind of person that still to this day dresses up and does a full face of makeup to go be walking around the neighborhood for Halloween. So you give me an opportunity to dress up and be fun and a character So that's why I didn't just create, oh, I'm going to put on fox ears and that doesn't, that's a natural extension for me anyways. I'm just leaning into it now. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's done with integrity. It's aligned with who you are. Yeah, I would have worn these fox ears whether anyone was watching or not. (laughs) So bringing it back to content, I think a lot of people, if they're honest, if they look at what they're doing and 
they would probably understand why they don't get the engagement or the traction they do. It's because they're not really investing themselves in a relationship. And we know that. So the one thing with LinkedIn is it's way bigger than simply the, the feed. I'm curious to know from you, applying the 80-20 rule, what is the 20% of activity on LinkedIn as you see it that generates 80% of the value for you? Commenting on other people. Ooh. So if I I took four months off of posting this past summer, and I've actually taken four months off of posting for two summers in a row now, and I have seen no decrease coming back or no negative impacts on my business. My I've only seen positive impacts on my life and my business. So long story short, be a craveable Netflix show. That's what I always tell myself. Netflix shows, Hulu shows, any channel you think of, they take breaks. Their shows have season two come out. Podcasts have seasons many times. They can take a break. They can become more craveable because they took a break. So the 20% is if I only had time during the four months of not posting, not trying to generate content, go comment, go engage, be still active because it's the same thing as being in a live networking event. And I may not be speaking at that event this year, but I can still be so visible. Even though I'm not a speaker, I can attend and be engaged and support the speakers and be very, very visible as if I belong at that event and everyone can see me being really active member of the community. And that is just as powerful to generate your own visibility when you do come back from your break. And how strategic are you about that commenting? Because I see some people, they go out intentionally looking for people with incredibly big audiences and really engaged posts and they'll comment on those. Are you taking it to that extent or is it simply authentically what appears in your feed and catches your eye? Ooh, so I don't scroll my news feed. Ooh. So that starts there. I have a spreadsheet. Does that tell you I'm an engineer? <laughs> <laughs> this is where I want people to pay attention. This yeah, is about so, intentionality. Yeah, so when I first was starting thinking this sustainability piece through, I created a list of about 10, 15 people that I said, I would be so happy if they all came over my house right now and we could hang out and have a dinner party. I like their posts. I feel comfortable when I comment on their posts. I trust the behind the scenes that I know about these people. And I can very easily land on a post of theirs, trust where their mindset was, and make a comment and not feel like I'm in the wrong house, in the wrong space. It, it just feel I, I picked people I knew. I picked people who had already been showing up for me. I picked people from my past. Didn't matter. I just wanted to show up in a space that I could support somebody or be in that space. The power of doing that is 100,000 times successful. Whether I was trying to do that or not, I really wasn't. I truly was just saying, oh, this is going to feel comfortable to me. My entire energy on LinkedIn has originally come from going through pain. I went through becoming a single parent very suddenly within literally a week, I found out I'm going to be a single parent and everything shifted in my world. And I needed to still maintain my business, my career, my future, 
I need to be the sole breadwinner. And with that, I literally picked that list originally kind of out of pain. I picked my friends. I picked people I trusted. I picked, if I only have time this week to do a few things, I'm comfortable going out and supporting them because that's important to me. And they've been supporting me. I had so many people reach out and say, hey, I have a potential client for you. So the referrals were amazing because, again, I showed up for other people and they showed back up for me. So that reciprocal energy. And I was not doing it originally from that space. I just needed to have a network of people I could circulate with. I really like that because I think a lot of people are a bit lazy when it comes to LinkedIn. They open it, they scroll a little bit. They're essentially consumers. They're not using it as a strategic network a lot of the time. Or the trap that I fall into, I look at it as a distribution point for my content, which is, again, it's, it's lazy, but it's in a very different kind of lazy. I think LinkedIn is different things for different people. And it's really interesting to hear from you, from somebody whose entire business is really around LinkedIn, how, how you use it. And it's very different. It's very elegant. It's very much, yeah, it's, it's more finessed, I would, I would say. Well, the only other thing I'll add to that story is when I went all in in the LinkedIn space, when I say I went all in, I had no, zero, zero, I had no Instagram account. I had zero activity on Facebook. I mean, we're talking zero. I didn't like anything. I didn't show up. I didn't even open the app. <laughs> so 100% activity for four years straight was only on LinkedIn. So when you think about it like that, if you took away being able to network with anyone else on any other platform... That is the space where people will hear your voice, find your message. And what's interesting about that is after talking with a few people and creators on other platforms, many creators, we forget to scroll back to their beginnings. And if you go to some really big creators or people you might admire on a different platform, sometimes you have to go back to their origins and Many, many times they went all in on one thing, whether that be live streaming or a podcast or the clubhouse, for example, or Twitter, any platform. If, if you truly go all in, your audience sees you there, feels you there, and you can build from there. And the best advice I ever got was, hey, if you're already building someplace, keep going because once you can branch out to other platforms, people will move, but you have to really, truly live in one space. That's your house. That's your party. That's where people come. They always will find you there. There's trust built into that, and it doesn't feel so scattered and spread thin. Even though there's a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk advice, like be everywhere, but not all of us have millions of dollars to spend on teams that can do that for us. Yeah, I think this is something I'm certainly feeling at the moment that I am active in a lot of different places and you really can't do them all well. And LinkedIn for me is the one that's been the worst treated, if I'm honest, but it's still, it's not, it's nobody's idea of a fashion show, LinkedIn, mm -hmm. but it's really coming along. I think there's a couple of places I want to go with this. LinkedIn now is live streaming. It has or is going to get live audio. Where are we with that? So live audio has rolled out. I think at this point, I, again, <laughs> engineering mindset here, 
I have tracked and documented over 300 live audio shows on LinkedIn. When I say tracked them, I have summarized in a spreadsheet what is successful and what is not successful from audience size to the amount of people who register and the amount of likes and comments and engagement kind of tracking what works naturally on LinkedIn audio and what doesn't. But that's the technical side. (laughs) But yes, LinkedIn audio is here. So I have LinkedIn in front of me right now. Where would I go to find it? So everything now on LinkedIn as of 2022 all funnels through the creator mode or the creator resource hub. So on all of our profiles, we have a section now underneath all of our statistics. So if you go to your analytics section on your profile, everything's on your profile. And we have this whole private to you area. It has a little eyeball in front of it. So the analytics section on your profile is great. You get to see your numbers. You get to see what's happening. Perfect. Then you get a resource section And if you turn on what's called creator mode, and yes, I have a YouTube video about turning it on, (laughs) you click on it and you can start to see that you get creator tools. So you get things like LinkedIn Live now, audio event, newsletters, all the creator tools, the way they're rolling out new tools is because you have the creator hub now. They want to turn this into a creator platform in In addition to it being a job seeker and career platform, it's a creator platform now too. Right. Um, So do you see audio events? I do. Does it say available Um, with a check mark? It does. And would I simply create that as any other LinkedIn event, but choose audio or how does that actually get set up? Yes. So you go to either you want to start a post or Dude. you, the easiest way is to literally click start a post. If I, if you want to take action and create, if you want to be a creator on LinkedIn, it's the home screen, start a post, home screen, start a post. Everything funnels up into that. So if you're creating a post at the bottom, you get all these choices with the three dots, add a photo, add a video, add a document, and then create an event is right there. Wow. Uh, this is really cool. So I was briefly really excited about TikTok, not TikTok, Clubhouse. Ah, uh, yeah. But the difficulty that I've seen with Clubhouse is it's a little bit like the day you stop turning up is the day you stop seeing value from it. That was my perspective with somebody who didn't really persist with it. A, how have I got that wrong? Because I know that you're still excited about Clubhouse and making it work if I haven't read you wrong. And how is it also different from LinkedIn Audio? So I did pause. When LinkedIn Audio rolled out, I did start to pause my clubhouse spaces time or whatever you want to call it. And here's why. It goes back to if we're going to be live somewhere, I've hesitated trying to be live and then push it out live on LinkedIn at the same time as being live on Clubhouse, at the same time as being live on Twitter, at the same time as being live on 30 other platforms. I mean, Can you be live everywhere? But then it feels like you're not really talking to that audience that's listening right there, especially if your energy feels like it's spread out all these different places. So my thoughts for this period of time as LinkedIn Audio has been rolling out, it's been ramping up. I have an audience on LinkedIn 
I mean, I'm at 42,000 followers. And when I look at Clubhouse, yes, there's a lot of, I see Clubhouse as a place that I can place something and drive traffic to and not try to think I need to count on somebody organically finding me in the newsfeed on there anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So it's it's just to me another like gathering location instead of gathering at, I don't know, pick a restaurant. Instead of gathering at um, Chipotle, we're now going to gather over here on LinkedIn. But LinkedIn does feel different because of the audience I've been building. And also I'm talking about LinkedIn on LinkedIn. So it kind of does from a strategic standpoint – I am going to start spending more time probably on LinkedIn audio. And then the other thing that happened, a little teaser here, but I was picked as one of the 50 creators to receive beta access to their next launch of LinkedIn audio that's going to roll out to companies. And they're going to open up those rooms to pretty big audience potential because some company pages have millions of followers. So they are using me and I'm going to test running LinkedIn audio rooms from my company page too. That's exciting. Yes, exactly. You've heard it here first. (laughs) Back in the day, LinkedIn was all about connections, connection requests. But you mentioned 45,000 followers and following is something that I've really started to pay attention to recently because it's very different from connections. The following is content driven rather than network driven. But in your experience, what is it that triggers this action of following on LinkedIn? Because it's not like it used to be in the old days with Twitter where it was follow and somebody would follow you back impulsively. What do you see driving following from an individual level on LinkedIn? I think to me, the only difference between following each other and connecting with each other is just the connection button allows you to send a direct message. And I think what LinkedIn's doing, and I think it's really smart, is we do want to recognize that we can follow people for a couple of years and build a relationship over time. So we go from complete strangers. I mean, me and you, we were complete strangers until we met each other. So, And we've only met virtually. So this energy around you can only connect with people you know has 1,000 million percent changed from 2002 or early 2000s to 2022. We now move from, hey, we just met two minutes ago to we can record a podcast. Or So what is following versus connecting now? If I want to get a hold of you, Bob, I can pretty easily find a way to get a hold of you. It's probably not going to be hard. I'm going to go to your website. I'm going to find you on Instagram. It feels different to gatekeep or to only say to people, you have to connect with people you know. Therefore, to change that mindset, I think it's really nice that LinkedIn added the idea that you can follow people and you can take that a step further and connect, especially if somebody follows me and I see who followed me. I can turn around quickly and be like, oh, great, you followed me. I actually want to connect. We we make sense to be connected. So it puts the power back in both people. So if I, if you follow me, I would follow you back and then we would start to see each other on LinkedIn more. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Now I know exactly what you're doing and I know what I've been doing wrong. Really helpful. <laughs> Do you follow people back? Generally not. I think, why are these people following me? 
I think I check who's following me once a week. I have that on my calendar as a action task just to take 20 or 30 minutes, scroll down who has followed me this week. And if I need to follow back, if I need to connect, what happens next? I'm always about taking the power back into your own hands. This is your platform. This is your website. Imagine all these people clicking on your website and you didn't go out to see, are those ideal clients? Are those, who's clicking on me? That is powerful knowledge. That's all the power everyone talks about. I want to be visible. I want to be seen. I want people to see my content. Well, there's going to be a lot of people who look at your content, look at you on LinkedIn, and they never say anything. So take your power back and you be the one to go out and welcome everyone in or say, thanks for following. I'm glad to follow you back. Or you don't have to be so pitchy and start hardcore. You just need to acknowledge people have showed up for your party and welcome them in. See, I'm excited now. <laughs> it wouldn't take me 25, 30 minutes to do that. That's for sure. Yeah. And can you imagine how that will build over time? It's a consist. That's what I think of as consistent action. So here's a good question for you. Of all the most successful people you know, the people who are using LinkedIn every day and they are winning it, they're killing it. What are they doing different from the average LinkedIn user? They are talking with people instead of talking at people. That's a great answer. We'll leave it there. So yeah. <laughs> your customers, the people you work with, what does a typical client look like for you and what is the problem that they have? I would say they are most likely somebody who has been using LinkedIn because I like to think I'm a bit of the master's degree, PhD level of LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> and... Most of the time, they want to take their business or something about their business to the next level, or they are putting their energy and moving full-time into their business. Maybe they've been running it as a side hustle. I've had plenty of those clients, and I absolutely love them because I think that is the future. Many, many people will either have a side hustle going forward, or they will have, and they will want to transition to full-time. So. Did that answer your question? <laughs> it does. And it, it kind of leads me on to another one, which is a lot of people, when they have a side hustle, they're really worried about, to use a Ghostbusters analogy, crossing the streams, that if they're on LinkedIn, analogy. they want to be seen as, let's say you're a lawyer and then that's your day job. And then your nighttime job, you're a superhero. The lawyer firm that you're working for doesn't want to see you catching bad guys on LinkedIn all day. So how do you manage the tension between a side hustle and your your role as an employee? Yeah, that's a good, because I manage that. And being an engineer, that is, yeah, definitely very, it is manageable. But what I always reminded myself and one of the very first quotes was by Maya Angelou that really, really resonated was that concept that people forget what you say, they'll forget what you do, but they'll remember how you made them feel. So we all remember Superman and Clark Kent. We know the two sides of that superhero and story. And what I will always say is we think more people are paying attention and, and nitpicking or 
hovering on our content and our world, it's really only sometimes those one or two people who do kind of look like they're looking at you and they're saying something. There's really only a few of them. And so I wouldn't design my mindset around two people on this planet unless they were the most important two people. If they're just two strangers (laughs) and they're just happen to be really invested in what you're doing and kind of hovering over you. But Obviously, from a business standpoint, you want to have a conversation with your employer. The best thing I ever did was tell myself, if I have a Saturday and Sunday, I get to choose that I want to spend two or three hours gardening or going for a hike or a walk or playing board games or doing a puzzle. What is the difference between I'm going to spend those two hours filming content and video and podcasting? And if it's, you see, I should be able to have the ability to do things after at 9 p.m. at night and I'm not working. That's my time. So that and clarifying that you don't always have to be promotional on your content. And I think that's where people get confused. Mm. Many, many times we just need to relate to you and then understand where and what you're doing. So if you even just explain during the day I do this and during the evenings I do this, we can hold those concepts in our brain. That's a really good way of putting it. I think give people a bit more credit, I think is the simple answer. Yeah, I do have to say it really can when it when you get to the micro level, it will always boil down to who is directly a part of your full-time job and world and are they on board? And the only other thing I thought about is you really have to get your mindset right to not be swayed by thinking so many people are watching you or they're trying. You have to have this like sense of confidence because it will generate into the rest of the story. And if you need to document that you're getting results for both sides, I was able to close business with Tesla and Rolls Royce and some major brands because I posted on LinkedIn that I listened to a podcast this morning and it was about goal setting. And my job and my company definitely needed to shift their mindset that I didn't need to talk about what I was doing. I needed to talk about what I was thinking was important and consuming, which generated conversation with one of the engineering managers at Tesla to reach out and say, oh, I've known you for like 10 years. I've been following you for a while. Hey, let's reach out. We have a project coming up, which had nothing to do with like engineering that I talked about on LinkedIn. And I think people really forget that. We want to work with people If we know you're smart and we know you're capable and we know the things that you do, the way you're going to stand out is tell me that extra. Are you reading a book? Are you consuming a good podcast? Are you, what are you thinking about? And are we going to enjoy spending time with you? Because we could hire a lot of consultants, but there's a lot of smart people out there, but you're, that's the tipping point. That's the, oh, I want to work with you because I really like how you think outside of work too. I love that. And I think it really, it brings us to a nice place to end where essentially people love you for what you do, for who you are. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn just gives you an opportunity for more people to meet you. And the more you express yourself, the more they will meet. That's a really, really nice way of bringing things to an end. I love it. I love that we ended on love. I feel like throwing little heart hands up. (laughs) Everyone picture my hands in a little heart. (laughs) I'm having that moment. 
if people want to connect with you, if they want to go further with you, if they're sitting there thinking, that Judy Fox, we need to speak to her, how can they do that? Head over to LinkedIn. (laughs) The easiest way, if you land on LinkedIn and you go to the search bar at the top, you can type in J-U-D-I-F-O-X and you will find me. There's very few of me out there. And if you want to take it a step further, the way to see all the content that goes out from conversations I have like this one is to follow the hashtag, hashtag Fox Rocks, just like it sounds, F-O-X-R-O-C-K-S. And Judy, what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago? One thing I do now that I wish I started five years ago. I'm going to think. <laughs> you can take your time. So the one thing that I do now that I wish I started five years ago is opening up more quickly in the sense that I can be vulnerable, I can just tell it like it is, especially after going through 2020 and 2021, I am finding myself just more quickly saying what's going on in my life, my business, and my world, and It's different than asking for help because I don't necessarily know if I like that phrase, but I also just like telling everyone that I meet, hey, I'm actually looking for a piano teacher. And the more you say you're looking for something, the more you're going to end up finding it. And so that's what I mean by just five years ago, I just wish I was more, hey, this is what I'm looking for and just put it out to the universe and not try to hold on to it and just do it myself. That is an awesome answer. So that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you to you for listening. And if you did enjoy the show, that I would encourage you to leave a five-star, that's five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts and share the show with just one person. And if you did enjoy the show, then I would love you to download the Personal Brand Business Roadmap. It's 100% free as a gift from me. It's 30 pages of everything you'll need to start, scale, or just fix your expert business. You can tap the link in the show notes or just visit amplifyme.agency forward slash roadmap. Judy, you have been awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Go have a boxing day. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to end with a pun. <laughs> and I will see you the listener next time. <laughs>